Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, November 4th. Shabbat Shalom. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Vayera, and it means, And He Appeared. Genesis 22, 1-24 Sometime later God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. 
When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham! Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahavah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to the servants and traveled back to Beersheba, where Abraham continued to live. Soon after this, Abraham heard that Milcah, his brother Nahor's wife, had borne Nahor eight sons. The oldest was named Uz. The next oldest was Buz, followed by Kemuel, the ancestor of the Arameans, Kesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. In addition to these eight sons from Milcah, Nahor had four other children from his concubine, Reumah. Their names were Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Makah. Ezekiel 10, 1-11-25 In my Ezekiel's vision I saw what appeared to be a throne of lapis lazuli above the crystal surface over the heads of the cherubim. Then the Lord spoke to the man in linen clothing and said, Go between the whirling wheels beneath the cherubim and take a handful of burning coals and scatter them over the city. He did this as I watched. The cherubim were standing at the south end of the temple when the man went in and the cloud of glory filled the inner courtyard. Then the glory of the Lord rose up from above the cherubim and went over to the entrance of the temple. The temple was filled with this cloud of glory and the courtyard glowed brightly with the glory of the Lord. The moving wings of the cherubim sounded like the voice of God Almighty and could be heard even in the outer courtyard. 
The Lord said to the man in linen clothing, Go between the cherubim and take some burning coals from between the wheels. So the man went in and stood beside one of the wheels. Then one of the cherubim reached out his hand and took some live coals from the fire burning among them. He put the coals into the hands of the man in linen clothing, and the man took them and went out. All the cherubim had what looked like human hands under their wings. I looked, and each of the four cherubim had a wheel beside him, and the wheels sparkled like beryl. All four wheels looked alike and were made the same. Each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it. The cherubim could move in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved. They went straight in the direction they faced, never turning aside. Both the cherubim and the wheels were covered with eyes. The cherubim had eyes all over their bodies, including their hands, their backs, and their wings. I heard someone refer to the wheels as the whirling wheels. Each of the four cherubim had four faces. The first was the face of an ox, the second was a human face, the third was the face of a lion, and the fourth was the face of an eagle. Then the cherubim rose upward. These were the same living beings I had seen beside the Kibar River. When the cherubim moved, the wheels moved with them. When they lifted their wings to fly, the wheels stayed beside them. When the cherubim stopped, the wheels stopped. When they flew upward, the wheels rose up. For the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Then the glory of the Lord moved out from the entrance of the temple and hovered above the cherubim. And as I watched, the cherubim flew with their wheels to the east gate of the Lord's temple. And the glory of the Lord of Israel hovered above them. These were the same living beings I had seen beneath the God of Israel when I was by the Kibar River. I knew they were cherubim, for each had four faces and four wings, and what looked like human hands under their wings. And their faces were just like the faces of the beings I had seen at the Kibar, and they traveled straight ahead just as the others had. Then the Spirit lifted me and brought me to the east gateway of the Lord's temple, where I saw twenty-five prominent men of the city. Among them were Jazaniah son of Azer and Palatiah son of Benaiah, who were leaders among the people. The Spirit said to me, Son of man, these are the men who are planning evil and giving wicked counsel in this city. They say to the people, Is it not a good time to build houses? This city is like an iron pot. We are safe inside it like meat in a pot. Therefore, son of man, prophesy against them loudly and clearly. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and he told me to say, This is what the Lord says to the people of Israel. I know what you are saying, for I know every thought that comes into your minds. You have murdered many in this city and filled its streets with the dead. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. 
This city is an iron pot, all right, but the pieces of meat are the victims of your injustice. As for you, I will soon drag you from this pot. I will bring on you the sword of war you so greatly fear, says the Sovereign Lord. I will drive you out of Jerusalem and hand you over to foreigners who will carry out my judgments against you. You will be slaughtered all the way to the borders of Israel. I will execute judgment on you, and you will know that I am the Lord. No, this city will not be an iron pot for you, and you will not be like meat safe inside it. I will judge you even to the borders of Israel, and you will know that I am the Lord. For you have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. Instead, you have copied the standards of the nations around you. While I was still prophesying, Pelatiah, son of Benaiah, suddenly died. Then I fell face down on the ground and cried out, O Sovereign Lord, are you going to kill everyone in Israel? Then this message came to me from the Lord, Son of man, the people still left in Jerusalem are talking about you and your relatives and all the people of Israel who are in exile. They are saying, Those people are far away from the Lord, so now he has given their land to us. Therefore tell the exiles, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Although I have scattered you in the countries of the world, I will be a sanctuary to you during your time in exile. I, the Sovereign Lord, will gather you back from the nations where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel again. When the people return to their homeland, they will remove every trace of their vile images and detestable idols. And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. So they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. But as for those who long for vile images and detestable idols, I will repay them fully for their sins. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then the cherubim lifted their wings and rose into the air with their wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the city and stopped above the mountain to the east. Afterward, the Spirit of God carried me back again to Babylonia, to the people in exile there, and so ended the vision of my visit to Jerusalem. And I told the exiles everything the Lord had shown me. Hebrews 6, 1-20 So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. 
for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing Him to the cross once again and holding Him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for Him and how you have shown your love to Him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath, so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable, because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Yeshua has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal great high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 105, 16-36 He, the Lord, called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. 
He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisers. Then Israel arrived in Egypt. Jacob lived as a foreigner in the land of Ham. And the Lord multiplied the people of Israel until they became too mighty for their enemies. Then he turned the Egyptians against the Israelites, and they plotted against the Lord's servants. But the Lord sent his servant Moses along with Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed miraculous signs among the Egyptians and wonders in the land of Ham. The Lord blanketed Egypt in darkness, for they had defied his commands to let his people go. He turned their water into blood, poisoning all the fish. Then frogs overran the land and even invaded the king's bedrooms. When the Lord spoke, flies descended on the Egyptians and gnats swarmed across Egypt. He sent them hail instead of rain and lightning flashed over the land. He ruined their grapevines and fig trees and shattered all the trees. He spoke, and hordes of locusts came, young locusts beyond number. They ate up everything green in the land, destroying all the crops in their fields. Then he killed the oldest son in each Egyptian home, the pride and joy of each family. Proverbs 27, 1 and 2 Don't brag about tomorrow, since you don't know what the day will bring. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Genesis 22, and then we're going to jump into Ezekiel 11. And in Genesis 22, the Lord gives Abraham a test. And the test is he wants to see if he would withhold anything from him or if he would really truly yield and surrender and give everything over to the Lord. And so he tells Abraham to go up to Mount Moriah and to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. And so Abraham goes. Now, Isaac is a shadow picture of Yeshua. And Abraham, in this story, as we read it, is a shadow picture of God the Father. So, at the very last moment, when Abraham has his knife poised, ready to slay his own son, out of obedience, the Lord speaks to him, the angel of the Lord, and tells him, there is, you know, that ram over there in the bush, offer up the ram instead. And then in verse 16, Genesis 22 16. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants, All the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Basically, the Lord has written Abraham a blank check. And it was because of Abraham's obedience 
that this tremendous blessing and favor came upon Abraham and his descendants. And the Lord is saying that through your descendants, all the nations would be blessed. Well, who are those descendants? Those descendants include the Jewish people of today. How are all of the nations of the earth blessed through the Jewish people? There's many ways, but certainly one of the most profound ways that all the nations have been blessed is that they gave us the scriptures. They gave us the Holy Tanakh, the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi. And it was through their blood lineage that they gave us the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua. And so they truly have been a light to all the nations. And and it was because of Abraham's obedience. Now contrast that with what we saw today in Ezekiel chapter 11. First of all, Ezekiel has a very unusual vision, and he sees some very unusual creatures, cherubim. And they fly with wings and eyes all over their bodies, and they have four faces. The four cherubim had four faces, and the first is the face of an ox, the second is the face of a human face, the third is the face of a lion, and the fourth is the face of an eagle. And so he has this very unusual vision. Now keep in mind, Ezekiel is in exile. He's living in Babylon. He lives by the river Chabar. So when he has this vision, the Lord takes him up and reveals to him some things that are going on in Jerusalem. And so the Lord says to him in verse 7, chapter 11, verse 7 of Ezekiel, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, This city is an iron pot, all right, but the pieces of meat are the victims of your injustice. As for you, I will soon drag you from this pot. I will bring on you the sword of war so you so greatly fear, says the Sovereign Lord. I will drive you out of Jerusalem and hand you over to the foreigners who will carry out my judgments against you. You will be slaughtered all the way to the borders of Israel. I will execute judgment on you, and you will know that I am Yahweh. No, this city will not be an iron pot for you, and you will not be like meat safe inside it. I will judge you even to the borders of Israel, and you will know that I am the Lord. Why? Why is this judgment coming upon them? Verse 12 For you have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. Instead, you have copied the standards of the nations around you. What a contrast between Abraham, with tremendous blessing coming upon all the nations of the earth. Why? Because of his obedience, that Abraham obeyed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And then we see all this rebellion and disobedience, and as a result, they are carried away into exile, and the nation is They are dispossessed of their nation, of this incredible inheritance that God has promised them to Abraham and to his descendants, that the land would be for them for all generations while they've been dispossessed and disinherited from the land. And yet the Lord gives a bright ray of hope. 
In verse 16, Therefore tell the exiles, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Although I have scattered you in the countries of the world, I will be a sanctuary to you during your time of exile. I, the Sovereign Lord, will gather you back from the nations where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel again. Now this prophecy has been partially fulfilled. Keep in mind that the exiles include all twelve tribes. It includes the southern kingdom, Judah, the Jews, and it includes the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north. And so Judah went into exile to Babylon, and then after 70 years, a remnant returned back to Israel, and there's always been a Jewish presence ever since. Then the nation of Israel was reborn in May of 1948. However, the northern kingdom, who are also a part of God's family, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, they have been in exile ever since and have never returned to the land. And yet God is saying here, I will gather you from all the nations where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel again. So that has not yet been fulfilled for the northern kingdom. And he goes on to say in verse 19 and 20, So I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so that they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. Jews and non-Jews, we are known for being stubborn and stiff-necked and hard-hearted. The northern kingdom especially is really known for their idolatry, for our spiritual adultery committed against the Lord. But Jews can be hard-hearted and stubborn, and if you have five Jews in a room, you'll have six opinions about any given topic. But right now, under this current Hamas-Israel war, many, many Jewish hearts are melting and are being crushed. And I read a short opinion piece just yesterday from Jewish News Syndicate about a woman who was grocery shopping and she saw someone in the aisle, a woman who was just standing there and crying, and everybody understood why that there is just tremendous trauma going on in the life and the nation of, of Israel, in the life of the people there, that daily people are having to take cover and run to their safe rooms, run to the bomb shelters, and stay huddled there, hoping that a, an errant missile or rocket doesn't hit their building. Children that want to sleep in the same bed with their mom and dad or sleep underneath their bed, afraid that a terrorist will come through the door or the window and come to kill them in the night while they sleep. Tremendous trauma, and many, many Jewish hearts are melting and shaking and quivering. And many Jews are beginning to ask questions. They're beginning to cry out to the Lord like never before. No more rote, ritual, hollow, wooden, mechanical prayers. No, these prayers are coming from a depth of the soul. Father, sometimes it takes catastrophe and crisis to change our heart, 
and to get us to return to you fully and completely, with holding nothing back. Father, today we lift up the nation and the people of Israel. We pray today, Father, for their comfort, comfort, comfort. We pray that you will overshadow them under the wings of the Almighty, that you'll guard, protect, and keep them, keep them safe, keep them protected. Father, we ask that you would grant great victory and success to the IDF as the ground invasion into Gaza is underway. Please help them to accomplish their goals to completely eradicate all of the infrastructure regarding the Hamas terrorists, their rocket launching sites, their weapons catches, um, that all of that evil, the spirit of Amalek, would once and for all be quashed and put down. We just cover all of the nation and the people of Israel, the IDF, the IAF, the Mossad, the Navy, the leadership. We cover them in the blood of Yeshua, our Messiah. We pray for your sanctuary, your blessing, your favor to be upon them. Grant them victory in this battle. Protect them, Lord. Protect them. And may they draw near to you like never before. Open their eyes to see who their Messiah is, Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you, Father, for being with Israel today. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Vikuneka The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.